0: Welcome to the Everton Army podcast. My name is John. I'm joined by Lee and Dave. And uh, we're just going to take a deep dive into our 0-0 draw against Fulham yesterday. So, um, as usual, we'll start from the back and move our way forward. Um, Lee, we've got to talk about Pickford first, mate. He
1: made some outstanding saves, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I mean, I was looking at um, Sky and I've got the app Flash go. They give the man of the match to William. But yeah. they are a few other apps give, him, give Pickford the... The man of the match. Yeah. I mean, obviously William had a very good game for them, like, but Pickford again. I mean I think the conversation's definitely finished now on who's going to be the world the England's number one. Because yeah, I think so. I mean it was it was over for me a few months ago. Mm. But I do think there's a good crop of English goalkeepers, but he's top of the pile for me. Yeah. And yesterday he showed exactly why. Mm. We weren't great going forward. Well, he was just, he was like a brick wall. Nothing was getting past him. So,
0: definitely. He was that off.
1: Brilliant.
0: Yep. Dave, what do you make of uh, Pickford, mate? He's, um, you know, he gets called out sometimes for being a little bit unreliable or or erratic with like certain passes and things. There was a moment in the game where uh, him and Cody had a little weird in the first half because they tried to play out from the back and it didn't quite work. But... um. Pickford's Pickford like he's the man to take you forward if you want to play it from the back, isn't he? He can do that.
2: Yeah, I think he can. I think his distribution with I think since he's came in the door, his distribution has been iffy. But I think yesterday was it was all right. He was cleaning up in behind the back line, and you wouldn't ask more of a keeper to just put it out of touch when something like that happens. But yeah, overall yesterday, I mean, yeah, <clears throat> I think his distribution is good. You saw the other week against Palace. How he just flinged it out to Coleman, over oh, round, cool as you like. So, if that that is the plan going forward, it looks like it's to kind of keep the ball on the floor and play. Yep. It's easier man to kind of get it into the wide areas or or plop it onto the center forwards, chef.
0: Yeah. definitely. Uh, Lee, it's um our third consecutive start with the same the same lineup, including Calvert Lewin. So um I can't remember the last time that's happened actually that we've had. The... The same team like that, but it, it's good to see some consistency and durability finally, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. Although I we'll have be making I'll be making a change at the weekend to be fair. Yeah. Well um, we might get onto that a bit later on. But mm. no we'll, that's what it breeds confidence, doesn't it? Because obviously the, the players who are playing know the manager trust them. So yeah. then they can go out and express themselves. Mm. But you've obviously got to keep everyone happy as well. You don't want you Know your squad's what 25 players, so you can't just keep. I mean, mm. if you keep winning, you can
3: because
0: mm.
1: obviously, if every if, if you're winning, everyone's happy, it doesn't matter whether they're playing or not.
0: Yeah, but definitely.
1: No, it is, it's 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 good because, as you say, it's continuity, isn't it? And it's something mm. we haven't had for a long time, mainly due to injuries and and well, certain players being absolutely awful. Yeah, not worthy of wearing the shirt like, but yeah, no. no. I think we need a good few runner games now where this team gel together, but I will be I would be making just one change for me.
0: Yeah, okay. Stay tuned to find out who that is later on. Um <laughs> Dave, it's it's nice to see a bit of um, you know, like a spine developing in the team, isn't it? Like Cody and Tarkowski have you know, they've they've literally dragged us out the mud that we were in last year and built this solid foundation. It's just it's just nice to see like some stability, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it really is. I mean, you look at it and you think that's your center half parent for at least 90% of the matches we play in this season. They're both durable. They're both reliable. So, yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's very nice to see that spine developing, even with a bit, a bit of youth in that spine in terms of Onana and Owobi's and not old himself and Talbot Luen and, you know, yep. just straight from, from Pickford through up to the center forward. And it's quite nice to see.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, right, we'll talk about the back line as a whole then. Um Lee Mikalenko, I thought he was absolutely outstanding yesterday. Um, he literally threw his body on the line for everything, blocking, you know, crosses and shots and everything. Um do you think he's the best defensive fullback that we've had for a long, long time?
1: I'd say so, yeah. I mean, you look, know, I've I've got a few of his stats and he's yeah. just jump out compared to everyone else's. I mean, what was it? One block, five clearances, three header clearances, two interceptions, one recovery, five out of five ground duel ones, one, yeah. two out of four aerial duels. And he, he's quite small as well. Yeah. So, um,
0: Monster performance. Seven,
1: 17 out of 25 passes. And I think he was four to five passes into the final third as well. Yeah. Four, I think. But I've said it I've said for a while now. I mean, you look at all of the games he's played, there's really only Anthony who got the better of him. Mm. And I think we all agreed it was that game the wingers were shocking. He got no yeah. help. But, yeah. I mean, he definitely needs to work on his, on his, go- on going forward. But, mm. at the end of the day, he's a left-back. That's his job. Yeah. His job is to keep clean sheets and to stop crosses coming into the box. And he's doing that week in, week out by Man United. Yeah. So I haven't got I really haven't got a bad word to say about him. Just keep on playing the way you're playing. And hopefully, with the coaches that he's got, his forward game will move on. I mean, he's still only 22, isn't he?
3: Yeah. So,
1: he's going to learn that and develop that over the years. Mm. Yeah. yeah. He's up there for me, like, for one of the best offensive left-back have really bads for a while.
0: Yeah, definitely. What about you, Dave? Would you agree with that? And also, what's he lacking going forward?
2: Yeah, I would agree with that in terms of probably the best defensive fullback we've had since like Prime Baines. And you yeah. think that's back now, almost ten years ago in terms of Baines Baines in his uh in his pomp. But like, yeah, what he's lacking going forward, I think, is. I mean, you saw him. I <clears throat> I said on the pod yesterday. I didn't think he was necessarily that bad going forward. Yesterday, it was just kind of what what the match called for, and. I feel he's prone to if he has to dig in his heels, he's a little bit less liable to go forward. But yep. I think it's um, I think it's a little bit of his is underlapping and his overlapping runs. I mean, he can get on them a bit more, but his passing as well, I was quite impressed with um yesterday. In addition to his crossing, he was looking to get the ball in the box a little bit sooner, and that might be now that Calvert Lewin's back in the side, he's kind of settled and think I can just kind of throw one in there, but. Yeah. Um, I think that's one area to develop and who better to learn off of than Leighton Baines in terms of, you know, just putting the ball on your center forward's chest or putting the ball in, in your center forward stride behind the, the opposition yeah. back four. Um, yeah, I think he can develop it and just even show an eagerness to get forward a little bit more and free up space for his winger, especially when <laughs> it's the Murray Gray playing in front of him, who probably yeah. is one dimensional in terms of taking his man on. So. Yeah. Um. it's just, it's a relentless position and it's it's a young man's position, you know what I mean it, so yeah he can develop a few parts, definitely his passing and, and his just ability to to get forward and look to yep. serve up those cutbacks for Dominic
0: Yeah. I mean it's not like the space isn't there when he drives forward because as you say Gray is always cutting in on his right foot so the space is, it's an invite every single time Gray does that to, to go govern the overlap so he just needs Bit more confidence, I think, and then, you know, just. A I bit think. Of
2: I think, and this isn't me. Like, I'm not having a go at him. I, obviously, I understand he's still young, and there's still parts of parts of his game to develop. I'd much, much, excuse me. I'd much rather have him be solid defensively and have to develop yeah. offensively and, mm. in terms of the other way around. But again, I think he've, he's actually cool, And and I know Baines is involved now with, with the U18s, isn't it? So yep. I'm sure he'd be around to give him some, some pointers and some tips. So there's still time yet. But like you said, I think that the space is there for him to just go forward. And I think that it's a bit different because when he was in the side last year, you know, I'd be looking over his shoulder and it'd be Mason Holgate and and Michael Keane, as opposed to Connor Cody and, yeah. and Tarkowski, which is that's a big switch in your game when you're playing fullback. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just trusting yeah. your center halves or your holding midfielders to clean it up for you. So yeah, we'll see how he gets on. A Few good matches here, you know, coming up for him to be eager to get forward, anyways. the final yeah. third,
0: definitely. Mate. Um, going on to the other side, then. Um, just before we get to talk, and was getting Cody uh, Lee, Seamus Coleman. he um, he got rinsed by William, didn't he? Um, would
1: you have put Patterson back in? I would th- I would, well, I think we talked about it on, the, on our chat and that. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have minded seeing him coming back in, but I understand, especially with what we've done with TCR the way we brought him back, all mm. albeit TCR's had a lot more injury problems than Patterson. Yeah, I mean. We didn't get trounced. It's one of them you're looking at it. If that ends up like Tottenham last year, 5 0, mm. you're like, you should have played him. But, yeah. you know, bringing him back, bringing him on for, I think he played what, 35 minutes or something like that. Came yeah. on, came on quite, quite early for Lampard anyway. Normally leaves yeah. it quite late. Mm. But, no, I was quite happy that they, they let him, held him back a bit. So, but it, I don't, I, just, I was confused because last week, I mean, Coleman had Zaha, and I still don't think he's let him out, to mm. be honest. <laughs> but, and then you look, Williams, a very similar player. He's very tricky. Mm. But he's about he's about five years older than Zaha. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we all know he is a classy operator, to be fair, William. He always yeah. has been. Mm. But no, I just think bad day at the office for Coleman, and I fully expect that... He probably won't be playing many games now if Patterson stays fit. Yeah, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, probably, yeah. Um, Dave, what, what do you think about uh, Coleman and also what did you make of Patterson's cameo when he came on towards the end?
2: Yeah, I think, I think Coleman had a tough day. I mean, he's coming up against Zaha, you know, the weekend prior, so I'm sure his legs are, you know, he's emptying the tank against him just <laughs> to pocket him one more time, but then when you're considering how willian had him yesterday on toast at times i mean it's just willian's a very intelligent player and i think that he had a lot of support and runs around him whether he was playing off Mitrovic or whether he was getting you know robinson on the on the overlap um he had a lot of support and he did cause coleman trouble but at the same time i think i think i don't think coleman played horribly he made the recoveries when necessary and You know, I think his center halves bailed him out at times, but I don't think he was poor by any means. I think he was probably average. But Mm. um, on to Patterson, though, I was quite impressed when he he came on. It almost felt like we got 5, 10 yards further up the pitch, Yeah, you know. So that's obviously something I mentioned yesterday to Graham and Andrews. I I feel as though – and we'll get on to Anthony Gordon, but I feel as though Gordon kind of – came alive when he had that support from from Patterson. I mean, I don't know if I'm being selective here by any means, but I definitely remember Patterson getting into the final third and in the 30 minutes he played as compared to Coleman getting into the final third, Yeah, you know what I mean, in, in terms of carrying the ball or playing passes into the final third too. So, yeah, I think as, as much as I love Seamus Coleman, I think that Patterson comes straight back in that side after we can
0: – you yeah. see
2: what you can get out of that right side Little, mm. hopefully it'll be a little bit more you
0: know what I mean yeah definitely um, Lee Cody and Tarkowski uh, we know how good they are and we know how how solid they've made us and realistically we'd probably lose that game last season uh, without them but Fulham still had 24 shots is that, is that worrying that they're still getting through
1: um, it, is and it isn't it isn't because when they're being that wasteful you can have 70 shots on goal mm. or I mean, what was it, Mitovich had 10 and didn't have a single shot on target? Yeah, I think so. I mean, considering how many goals he scored as well mm. and what he'd done last year in the Championship. So, it is a little bit of a concern, but, I mean, you've got England's number one there, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, no, I just I think what you said back when you started off, the continuity, the more they play together, the better mm. they're going to get, the better yeah. understand them. And that's why I think Coleman won't play that much anymore because if you've got Mikhelenko, I don't think he's missed a game since January through injury or anything. Yeah, yeah. So, we've got a solid back four there. Well, mm. back five with Pickford. Now, you're hoping playing 90% of the games. Yeah. And that-, that can only mean a good thing for us going forward. Mm.
3: Yeah.
1: Now, I thought Tarkovsky especially. I mean, some of the some of the blocks that he was putting in, putting his body on the line. Yeah. And he, he actually, it was a bit roles reversed. As I was looking at the stats, he didn't even, I don't even think he attempted a long ball, but that's what mm. the thing's saying, whereas Cody, I think he had five out of seven long balls. Yeah. Whereas normally it's hard to have, he spraying that ball out to the left yeah. one of the winners, but it seems to be Cody that was doing it this game, so.
0: Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, we know they can bug the
1: pass. Um Dave, is,
0: is it like, as I just, I'll throw the same question, actually. Um, Is it worrying that teams are still getting through the likes of Fulham? And, you know, would you have said it's disappointing and, and it's very annoying that we're like, we're hanging on against Fulham who've just literally been promoted? Or are you like feeling positive about Cody and Tarkowski? No, I'm
2: feeling quite positive because it almost yesterday looked like a bend, don't break situation. And yes, yeah. I mean, Let's keep in mind I'm I'm not bigging up Fulham here by any means, making them mm-hmm. out to be one of the best sides in the world. But at the same time, when you look at them and they had five wins from six home matches, I think it was one yep. loss to Newcastle there. And they're coming into that match with a lot of form. I mean, you know, scoring three goals the, the weekend previous. So yep. <clears throat> no, I'm not too worried because the quality of the chances, like Lee said, there weren't Tremendous. It wasn't like we were giving away loads of cutbacks, or you know, high quality chances that you see sides like Man City make every weekend, something of that nature. Yeah. Um. It was more so like they were just they were looking to get the ball on the goal. They were looking to get the ball on the goal. Had had some joy with a a few set pieces, Mm. but I think, I mean, when I see Cody and Tarkowski, I think that is just. It's a proper center half parent. Yeah, I think that if I'd fault them for one thing yesterday, it would be in terms of taking risks mm-hmm. and making forward passes, breaking the lines into their midfield, into their forwards. Yeah, but at the same time, I, I mean, on the other flip side of it, it's the midfield has to be looking for that ball, you know. Um, yeah, but I mean, they're they're a great example to to young kids or young young players who are playing center half in terms of what you want out of a partnership, especially defensively in terms of blocks and tackles. And Mm. I'll tell you what, it's it's something a lot of people would be bothered with in terms of defending pretty deep, but they both look so comfortable doing it and defending within their own box. So it doesn't really bother me at this moment in time because we're still early in the season. I mean, you know, we're close to, I think it'd be a third of the way done now. So yeah, you have a lot of points there, and it doesn't really bother me because that's that's sometimes the way you get points is mm. putting ten men behind the ball, putting you know eleven, including your goalkeeper. And if they're comfortable doing that, then it gives me a bit of confidence. If we do go away to a Fulham and and we nick the first goal, that they yeah. can just sit there and do do the likes of that for forty, fifty, sixty minutes. You know,
0: yeah, definitely. I think Graham um said they were similar to. Chiellini and Bonucci, um, not, like, <laughs> was... it, in the sense that like they just they will let you have the ball and come at them because they'll just deal with it all the time. And it's, it's a similar yeah. sort of thing. Like, that, was, with, like,
2: that was me. Oh, yeah, you, yeah. Back, I mean, yeah, he backed me up on it. But no, yeah. I mean, yeah, they were just good, weren't they? Like you would say, and I suppose that's a question for you too, John. Like, does it make you a little bit uncomfortable when when you see them defending that team?
0: It does. It does sometimes, um, because it's evident, isn't it? You know, we just we just yeah. think the more we invite pressure, the more that something is going to happen, and it usually does. Um, eventually, they do get through. But with Tarkowski, I I think it, Tarkowski is, like I said previously, he's one of the best defenders in the league, if not the best at the moment, and on form anyway. Um, and he just he just deals with it, and he loves it as well. Like it's not as if like either of them are panicking when they make these last ditch blocks and tackles. Mm-hmm. They thrive off it, and it makes them even better. Like so, you know it's it's like an old it's like an old Chelsea team with Mourinho. Um, you know <laughs> they they literally just let you have the ball and come at them, and you'd think you were in control of the game when it as actual fact you weren't because the Chelsea team were in control of the game just by just letting you knock it around and stuff. So
2: they look see- very assured when doing it. They really do look very reassured, like when. Even when the balls played in behind them and they have to spin and defend, you mm. know, in that space that they've left in behind them, they still look very comfortable doing that. I must yeah. say, it's. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's reassuring. Do I want to be giving up twenty four shots to Fulham in an ideal world? No, mm. but if they're not that high quality of chances, then yeah, like you know, like Lee kind of mentioned, what's you know they could have seventy, but yeah, I thought they dealt with Mitrovic really well, particularly yeah. Tarkovsky,
0: definitely, mate. Yeah, Lee, did you want to um, jump in on something there, mate?
1: Well, I was just going to say what you touched on there, John. It looks like these two love to defend. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, I think Holgate does, but I don't think Michael, Michael Keane never looks comfortable on a football pitch. <laughs> he, he doesn't. Yeah. But these two, these literally look like they wake up in the morning and all they do is think about defending <laughs> every single minute that are wake.
0: Yeah, is all definitely. they want to
1: do is get on that pitch and put a foot in, mm-hmm. put the ball into Rosette, Yeah. whatever. It's just they love doing
0: it. Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah, they've got a kit, a, you know, a certain kind of swag about them, and a lot of good centre halves do. They have this like cockiness that they're just, they just the best, and just nothing's getting past them. Um, we've seen it like. We're certain other players with a certain aura that floats around them, but, you know, we, we won't go there. Um, then moving on to the midfield then, um, we'll start with Gay, um, Dave, because he was a little bit cheeky for me again. Um, he, he picked himself up and he assured himself later on in the game, but he was a bit shaky in the first half, and that was due to Fulham's high press. Do you think Lampard has changed into this 4-2-3-1 specifically so that he doesn't get, you know, pressed solely?
2: Yeah, that's an interesting question in terms of the change of shape, maybe to accommodate a, a bit of his form at the moment. Yeah, um, I don't know if he necessarily has. I think he's done so. If if they have done so purpose, you know, purposely to get a little bit more out of the fullbacks and to get yeah. a little bit more out of out of Woby himself, but mm. um, because that's just a position that Ghana would be comfortable playing. Yeah. I actually thought that. He was okay yesterday, probably mm. a little bit more closer to, to the poor side than yep. the average side. You know what I mean? Um but I would say <laughs> I made the joke yesterday in, in the WhatsApp obviously that the shorts are too long, but like he just <laughs> does he, he looks he looks like he has lost a little bit of agility or something of the sort. Mm. I mean he's he's thirty three years old, so yeah. He's probably not turning as quick as he used to. And that's a realisation he'll have to come to himself in terms mm. of he has to be a little bit quicker with the ball. He has to get it off his foot, get it into his full-backs or, or wherever he's passing the ball. Yep. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, definitely. Blake, how did you find um, Adris again? do you think he's... Uh, I've seen a lot of people you know, calling for James Garner to, to start the next game in place of him. Is that something that you'd consider?
1: Um, not right now, no. Because mm. I think he's... I think he's pivotal. If if Well, if the forward players are playing well, it's because he's playing well.
0: Yeah.
1: And I do think he is, especially with Onana in that too. Yeah. I mean, we used to see it with Gareth Barry and McCarthy. When them two had a good game, the top of the pitch just took took look after yeah. itself because they could yeah. just go, Yeah. not have to worry about tracking back as much.
3: Mm.
1: I, I think he was... I think he was a little bit better than what he has been. I still don't think he was at his best. Well, hmm. I, I think he's still still a little bit left there to come out of him again since he's come back. But yeah, it was a best, slightly better performance than last week.
3: Hmm.
1: I do think yeah. I do think just on the point, and John,
2: if you want to say something, go out here after this. But just food for thought, like for ourselves and for the listeners, is he's coming back from PSG where. Yeah, the movement in the final third is probably levels above what he'd imagine seeing here at Everton and yep. that's not a disservice to the likes of Calvert-Lewin or or Gordon or Rondo. Gray it's just a... <laughs> it's yep. just a let's credit
1: not, let's not compare Rondon to Lean on Messi yet. <laughs> <laughs> no it's more so a
2: credit to the likes of Neymar and Messi and, and Mbappe who I mean you have those three in, in front of you when you're playing in midfield you think all three of them are probably showing for the ball or, or two yeah. two of them are in behind, one showing for the ball in terms of the movement. So probably mm. when he does pick up his head, even the midfield he's playing with like as good as a Wobie's been on form. And as much as we've loved Onana, it's still probably not comparable to the midfield he played in, in with PSG last season. So yeah, definitely, it's something to keep in mind. He's probably received the ball and thinking Messi's right in that half space off the right. And then he looks yeah. up and, Anthony Gordon's just sitting holding his opposition fullback's hands, you know. So, yeah. different kettle of fish, you know. Just and I'm not digging out excuses for him, it's just kind of like I said, food for thought.
0: Yeah, no, I'm just going off the eye test. But if we're looking at stats, um, this is where I just, just get told straight because apparently, Idris again the most duels in the match with seven. Um,
1: yeah, seven out of eight, it was. Something. Yeah
0: the most accurate passer with 96% to play 45 minutes or more. Um, And he was also the most fouled player in the match with four. So that just just tells me straight. Um, But I I mean, that just shows you like we, you know, we can say he's had a bad game or an off day, but he's still pretty, you know, he's pretty solid. He's he's still a lot better than what we've been used to the last few years, isn't he, uh, Lee?
1: It's that position though, isn't it? It's, It's an unsung position on the pitch, defensive midfielder. Mm. You look at, I mean, it was only really when Makaleli came to Chelsea that everyone raved about a defensive midfielder.
0: Yeah,
1: but if you've got someone as good as him, as good as it is, a guy, and, a guy
0: mm. and as I
1: say, it makes the forward players they don't have to worry about tracking back as much, they yep. can go and express themselves. So, as I say, I think you, I think there is still more to come from him from what mm. we've seen. Yeah, but I think compared to like the United game. And the Tottenham game, he's starting to pick it up little by little. Mm. So
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Dave Amadou Alnana, um, he said recently that he's been working on his finishing and getting hired up the pitch. Do you think he just needs to just stop that for now and just work on his defensive game? Because he's pretty solid at that. So is it a case of just do what you do best, just carry on doing that? Or would you like to see him be a bit more expressive?
2: Um, I think he was a bit more expressive at... At Fulham yesterday, yeah. would you agree or no? Yeah, yeah no. I mean, a... I...
3: yeah.
2: You think so? Yeah, because I thought he was getting the ball and turning and, and looking to play forward passes. I mm. thought him and woby linked up pretty well yesterday. Yeah. Um, I think he was okay defensively. I mean, obviously, when you get booked, it, it, it inhibits you a little bit. Mm. Um, but I think I, I was quite happy to see him kind of develop that side of his game yesterday against yeah. Fulham in terms of coming back receiving the ball off the back four because it seemed at times the back four nobody to play into. But mm-hmm. I think as the match went on, he kind of grew in terms of his confidence to get the ball off them and, and kind of turn and, and find forward passes, find space to run into and, and commit defenders. Yep. So um, I, I don't necessarily think that that's the side of his game he de- needs to develop in terms, mm-hmm. of, in terms of his finishing. I think it's a little bit more like Fine tune and carrying the ball, um, yeah. off the turn and, and carrying the ball, and then getting your winger or your center forward in behind or, or finding a wobbly, whatever it may be, kind of playing with him. Um, yeah. But I'm happy. I'm happy to see him develop all sides of this game. I don't think he should dismiss finishing or anything like that. Mm. You know, maybe, yeah. especially when you consider the size of him.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's a beast. Um, Leal threw you some stats out uh, from Onana's game yesterday, so. He completed the most dribbles in the game with two, which is pretty low, but there you go. Um, you know, and then he his accurate long balls was a hundred percent with three out of three. Um and also passes into the final third with five. So just shows you like he's he goes under the radar sometimes, doesn't he? Because he's he's so big and people think like he's good at slide tackles, but he's actually a very good passer sometimes when he wants to be.
1: Yeah, as Dave said there, I think he just needs to he needs to work on everything and fine tune everything. Yeah. That that's all I'd say to him is just fine tune everything, just work on a bit of everything. Hmm. And I think he's I think he's gonna I think he'll will go to the very top of the game. Yeah. Um, I mean, from what people have said about him. And I mean, don't forget he only played was it eight games for Lille last year.
0: Something like that, yeah.
1: Yeah, and in 1, he only Mm -hmm. played eight matches. Now, can you imagine, started eight matches. Uh, mm. Can you imagine three years ago if we would just spend the money we spent on him after only playing eight games?
3: Yeah.
1: But no one, no one passed an eyelid at the price tag. Mm. That tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. In my eyes. Definitely. There's a lot of people yeah. who think he can go to the very top of the game.
3: Mm. Yeah. Oh, I think you yeah. will see
1: him bossing. I think you will see him bossing
2: a few matches by the end of the season. Mm, like okay. just a proper center midfielder performance, just getting on the ball winning it back, just busy and just really good quality. I think he will by the end of the season. I, I think his his growth I was,
1: is. I was just going to ask you just I don't still think that even he knows his best position, mm. which is a scary thought because he's playing so well. And yeah, yeah, I don't think any of anyone knows his best position. yet
3: yeah.
0: Um, oh. Dave, I'll let you answer that one if you want me.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think it's something
2: for him to discover. Like, I think that's kind of the – I don't know what the word would be. Maybe the mystique about it is that he could be good in in various situations. I think in terms of how I see him playing is kind of as in between a six and an eight, which Mm. you'd have a lot of center midfielders all over, never mind Europe, but the world who who play in a similar role.
3: Yeah,
0: They
2: can kind of do both. I think it's there, and that's just down – for me, to his his defensive ability and, and his ball carrying ability, I think those are probably his two best attributes at the moment in time. Is yeah, is his dribbling and his defensive work. Um, so I think that's probably his best. Is almost like I don't want to say like, um, Redon- um, Fernando, uh, Rosando levels, but like, it's somebody <laughs> in that nature who who's a good yeah. ball carrier and yeah, and can kind of spin his man and, and get going forward.
0: Yeah, definitely. Which he actually has, has, has done quite well yesterday. He did spin his market a few times and and drives forward. And it's it's the sheer size of his legs that they just covers so much ground when he's got the ball. It's like one minute you buy our box and with three strides later he's in there half. He's just he's just a big beast like um
2: <laughs> I mean he did he did though like on a few occasions. You said two dribbles completed, which wouldn't be a much I suppose, but at the same time I, I remember him taking two or three players out of the game with those dribbles, yeah. mm-hmm. like two or three Fulham players just straight out of the game with those those dribbles. So, yeah. long may continue, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, he's got an, he's, he looks very awkward, but he's got a nice little uh, bit of agility about him as well at the same time. Yeah, he like, does. He can drop the shoulder and, and just blow past someone with a little bit of acceleration, which is just mad. It's, a scary, on the side. it's a scary
1: thought as well. He still hasn't grown into his body properly. because he's so tall and he's only 22 he's gonna he he doesn't know what I'm guessing he probably doesn't even know what what his body's capable of as a footballer yeah so
0: yeah he's a beast he's a beast Um, so yeah moving a little bit further forward then great it will be Gordon Um, Dave talked to me about uh, Anthony Gordon then Um, he was just non-existent yesterday wasn't he
2: yeah i i mentioned on yesterday's pod that i didn't think he got a lot of service but at the same time i think when he did get that service he was very poor Mm. um i don't know what's missing it's it's important that obviously i think all evertonians we myself included we've we've identified the what and the what is that he's very poor at the moment that's that's what it is you know despite him scoring against palace i don't think he necessarily with the world alike but yeah maybe we need to revisit expectations and this isn't me blaming the fans i'd never do that i i think he needs to offer more as a player but yeah i'd love to explore the why like i think it's he's for me i think you look at it and you think he's a 21 year old kid when coleman's playing there coleman's likely not going to Get up and support him too much, and, and free up much space for him. Yeah. but he was poor. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. Uh, Leah's stats aren't all that great, to be honest. Um, do you think he's well? He had six ball recoveries, which isn't bad. Um, so, you know, we, we always say like he, especially with Coleman, like he just leaves him hanging out to dry sometimes. But do you think his his defensive work is better than his his you know ability to go forward and and? Why does he just like run into just you know dead ends all the time and not get his head up? Like, I mean, he's only young; he is only young, but at the same time, he's so frustrating to watch. Like, does we'll create some opportunities for him to just take his man on, and and he'll just squander it. Like, it's just very frustrating, isn't
1: it? Yeah, I I actually think his defensive work and and his attacking work are very similar, but you never seem to get both of them at the same time. Yeah, it was like. He was, obviously, he was half decent defensively yesterday, but mm. just off of, offered of nothing going forward. Yeah. And I really agree with the lads from yesterday saying he didn't get much service, but, mm. you know, he should be wanting to go and get that ball as well, showing for himself. Yeah. Wanting to get it more. But, I I mean, I said it a while back, I think he needs to dress out and see him. And that would that will be my one chain. Well, I'd bring Patterson back in as well. I forgot about him. Yeah. But I I would bring McNeil in for either Gordon or Grey. Mm. I don't know which one. But I mean, you look at McNeil, he scored the winner against Southampton and then got dropped straight away.
0: Yeah.
1: Scored a lovely goal against Crystal Palace. And it's like, what's he got to do to get at least one or two starts on the bounce? Mm. Because the two wingers are not. They're not playing consistently enough. And I know the lads spoke about it yesterday. Like either one of them has a good game and the other one doesn't.
3: Mm. But
1: ideally, you want both of them to be playing at least sevens or eights every week. Yeah. And at the minute, well, at the minute, neither of them are doing it really. Mm. So I think it's time for a little bit of a change. Just to maybe give one of them a little kick on the backside and just say, Look, all right, you 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 are the normal starter, but if you don't if you don't start performing We've got a lot there who's capable of playing on your side. Yeah. So. I mean,
2: at the yeah. same time, I think, too, something to keep in mind is, what are you getting off the bench from them? And I'm not saying that's the way going forward is, no, I don't want to see Anthony Gordon on the bench. I think that his his potential is, is too much to be on the bench. But at the same time, I do agree with you, Lee, in terms of, you know, maybe dropping him and then, you bring him on around the 60th minute mark when that fullback has, has just been run ragged by Gray. Mm. Hopefully, you know, all match long. And then you bring Gordon on and you think, oh, here's another player who can stretch it in behind. Here's another player who can spread it wide, get on the ball and take his man on yep. inside or outside. Well, so that's it. That's McNeil's never going to
1: do that. McNeil's never going to do that because he hasn't got the pace of Gordon or Gray. Right? Mm. Even Townsend's yeah. probably quicker than McNeil. <laughs> and he's about 10 years older than him. No, I know. Give MacNeil the first hour. Let him twist and turn with his little tricks and stuff, and then they'll just have to live with the raw pace of Gordon or Gray for mm. the last half an hour. I just think it needs a little. I think that's the one area at the minute it just needs a little something a little bit different. Yeah, it needs investment is what it needs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> certainly. Um. Lee talked to me about Damari Graden. I mean you just spoke to him about him briefly there, but he had eight ball recoveries yesterday, so he was decent defensively and also created some uh, big chances as well. Um big three big chances created and two total shots as well, with a hundred percent accuracy even even though they were a little bit tame, but he was good yesterday, I thought, um, albeit still frustrating, which is a strange dilemma to be looking at, like he's he's such a good creator, but do you think he's just too one dimensional and he's too easy to just stop because he's so predictable?
1: Yeah, I think I think that's it, predictability. I think people a lot of teams have worked out that he's he can only go well, he's gonna go one way all the time. Yeah. So well no, I thought I thought he's thought he played all right. He was the best around the two of them out of him and Gordon, he was by far the better of them. Yeah, He's just too inconsistent for me. I mean, he's, what, 26 now?
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: and I did say it on a pod a few weeks ago, if once we're financially secure and we're able to go and spend money again without having to sell players, Mm. I think he'll be one of the first to drop to the bench if not being sold. And it's not against the lad. I mean, he started off like a house on fire last year. and He was building for us. Mm. But then he just disappeared after that Arsenal game last season. He done nothing until his ball in for Calvert-Lewin against Palace, Yeah, probably. I mean, I might be being a little bit harsh there, but I just think at 26 years of age, at least with Gordon, Gordon's got a lot of years to catch up to him. Yeah, For me, he's got to start putting in the performances that you've seen against teams last year and stuff he's got to start doing that a lot more consistently
0: yeah definitely Dave would you agree with that and do you think maybe you can try the money grade down the middle perhaps because he likes to cut in into the middle anyway and take a shot
2: um, <clears throat> I wouldn't be having him in the middle at the expense of Wolby um, to yeah. be honest with you but I think you are just seeing him come now as one dimensional like for me and I'm not sure if I've made this point on the pod or if it was just in, like, texts, but for me, it's so evident that he's dropped off since dina has been out of the side. Like, he yes. started on a house on fire, as you put it, Lee, because he just always had an overlapping fullback just to create that space for him, that he yep. can come inside onto his right foot. Mm. And it's just so frustrating not seeing a winger want to take his man down the line. Um, I think he's too one-dimensional. I think that yeah. that is the issue, um, and he doesn't he still spreads it wide. It's not like he looks for the ball inside at all um, yeah. to to kind of create that space to turn into it's he's always spreading it wide, but then he never takes his band down the line. Mm. I can't wrap my head around it at times to be honest with you, but I, I mean, I thought he was poor yesterday, I thought he was quite wasteful. It didn't yeah. create too much aside from that chance for Calvert Lewin mm. kind of uh that he whipped in there, which funny enough I think was on his left foot. Yeah. Um I could be wrong, but yeah, just too too one dimensional for me. He's he's okay for where we're at right now, but mm-hmm. going forward, you're you're gonna need a bit more quality up there, undoubtedly.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um moving into the middle then with the uh, a Lee, um fairly quiet game for him as well. Um we just didn't yeah. Create Anything, I think, Palina in the midfield done a, done a job on it, won't
1: we? Yeah, well, that Paulina's rating on the app that I used was quite high, and I'm guessing a lot of that was down to how he did cope with it, Woby.
0: Yeah.
1: So, I mean, if you're getting someone that marks out the game and does a good job, you've just got to tip your hat to him and say fair play. Mm. You, he basically marked him off the game. But I don't think he did not he didn't do nothing un- terrible. he just wasn't his usual self. Yep. But I think that is more down to the tactics of Fulham to try and stop him, because they've obviously earmarked him as the one that creates the most. Yep. You know, more, the most assists for us this year. Mm. So I think it was just more of a case of him being marked up the game.
0: Yeah, definitely. Dave, do you think that's a problem? Like when because we we've seen it against Man United when um, you know Casemiro obviously and Casemiro is a world class player. We know that, but. You know, do you think it's a problem that woby needs to, like, you know, he needs to work on if players all-man-marking him, how to be a bit cleverer and get about that?
2: Yeah, he definitely needs to work on that. I actually, I didn't think he was that bad yesterday. I thought he set a standard for himself, now that we all expect, but I didn't yeah. think he was poor by any means. I would have liked to see him play off Calvert-Lewin a little bit more than he did yesterday. Yeah. But I think some of his passes to get the wingers in behind were, were quite good, like, mm. Across the field, almost, you know, there's one pass he played where I thought, oof, that's a good pass there. Yeah. And Gray was offsides. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that one or not, but Gray's looking across the whole line. Yeah. And Wobey just kind of hits a curler right into him, right into his path. Mm. And instead of Gray pushing it forward, he just takes it down. And then the linesman's flyer for offsides. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, I think that's an area needs to work on is, and, and I think the answers and, this is one side I would like to see him develop is almost when Calvert Lewin comes short for the ball, get in behind him on that space that he's created. those runs from deep, I mean, I know we didn't see a lot of it from Deli Ali and in, in, in an Everton top, but yep. you think about that. He he was perfect at it. Cahill was was very good at it in terms yeah. of getting in behind his own center forward and, and using that space he creates. I would love to see him start to add a bit more.
3: Yeah.
0: Just
2: being brave and kind of when you are being man marked as as an attacking midfielder, as an eight, as a ten, whatever you want to call it, mm. he, you know, that's that's something which he can develop is, boom, getting behind, try and try and track me all this way now, twenty thirty yards up the this.
3: Yeah,
0: definitely. Um, Lee, do you think with a Woby, like he does need to get himself into the box a bit more because he tends to operate. He's got five assists and one goal, and that goal was that fantastic killer against Man United, but he seems to operate on the edge of the box. He's never really in it, is he?
1: No, it is. As David said, especially if Calvert-Lewins, I mean, probably Tottenham are probably the best at that, Mm. where Kane drops deep, and then Dominic Kane gets the ball, Son's on his bike. And I think that's what what I'd like to see a bit more of him, to be fair. But, Mm. I mean... We can't really complain about him, can we? Because he has been, since Lampard walked in the door, he's been by, well, him and Pickford. It'd be a hard choice to pick who's been the best player under Lampard, but it'd be between yeah. them. So, yeah. as I say, he didn't play bad. He just didn't do what we what he has been doing. Hmm. You know, as, as David said, his expectation, well, our expectation of him now is so high that it just dropped below it. It's not that he had a bad game. He didn't yeah. think the place out. Mm. It was just... It, it wasn't what we've come to expect from him over the last, like, well, nine, ten months now. Yeah.
2: Which you'd say, um, like, your expectations for a Wobi now, at least mine, and I know I'm setting them very high, my expectations for a Wobi every time he plays is man of the match. In yeah. eight out of ten. Like, Same that's, myself, that's yeah. the
1: standard. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... I think he's got about eight man of the matches... The seasonal or something, isn't it? Which uh, It's so gonna be
2: amazing. mad when he it's gonna be mad next October when you see him with that bonds or I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. him, and, him and Miguel
1: Almiron, first and second time there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't forget John Litton as well. He could be in with a show. <laughs> yeah. Mother.
3: Um
0: Calvert Lewin then, Dave. He's um He's been good since he's come back from injury. The last two games, especially against Palace, he was tremendous. But yesterday, he's another one who who was a little bit off it. I mean, he had a clear chance where, all right, fair enough, it was whipped into him with a lot of pace. I think it was from Gray. But he should have really scored that one, shouldn't
2: he? Yeah, and those are the chances you see him live off of. Um, Are those chances within the penalty area that are just fizzed into him on the floor or in the air? Mm -hmm. Um, I thought he was wasteful in the box yesterday. Yeah, I think he he was okay in terms of his his link of play, but there were a few times and his his offside awareness was just. I mean, I'm hesitating to go in on him so hard just because he's a player who relies on his physical attributes so much that yeah you need to see him at a hundred percent, which he's mm-hmm. probably not. He probably hasn't been for almost a year now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. But well, what I would say is his offside awareness. Yesterday was kind of schoolboy stuff in terms of the space they were leaving him behind. If he just yeah. timed those runs, could have had a few more quality chances onside. Yeah, but I would it's say wasteful in the way. box. Yeah. yeah, he was.
0: Um, Lee. there's um, another little stuff from Calvert-Lewin's game yesterday. Um, he had the least touches of any outfield player to play ninety minutes yesterday. Um. That says more about the team than Calvert-Lewin, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Well, what shocked me, I've just seen, I've seen this that day. He only won four out of 14 aerial duels. Yeah. Which is very, very unlike him. That normally is... That is bread and butter. Yeah. I mean, been against some of the better, best centre-halves in the country, he will win as... Well, win more than he loses. Yeah. So, I don't want to... I'm the same as David. I don't want to go too hard on him because he mm-hmm. does... He does need all of them attributes to be at his best. He needs to be physically a hundred percent, and I don't think he. I really don't think he's going to see that until after the World Cup. Yeah, because he's been out for so journey. long. Well, actually, it's not even that. He might be physically fit, and he might as it's just him trusting his own body, mm. him knowing that he can go and like run and run and run. And yeah. twist on his, twist on his body and stuff like that. I mm. still don't think he trusts his body a hundred percent. And yeah. once he gets that, I think you'll see what we've seen under Ancelotti, which was, well, I think he finished 4 four fifth in the top goalscorers that So
2: yeah, definitely. The hope for me would be that he, he's not on that plane to England. I know like Lampard's yeah. picking him up, and he might have said so himself, like, "Oh, I want to be a." A, a late submission to that england squad yep my hope is because i care about england i or excuse me jesus christ <laughs> i care about everything i don't care about england um, <laughs> my hope is that um my hope is that he's fit you know in terms of he's, he's working on his fitness well, England are away playing at the World Cup and he's just staying at Finch Farm every day, yeah, getting in his finishing drills, getting in his physical requirements in order to to come back from that World Cup and just
1: fire, you know, just start firing come December. Yeah. Yeah, I hope he doesn't go myself. I really don't. I think it's yeah. come a bit too soon for him. If he didn't get injured at the start of the season, I probably wouldn't be as hesitant with him, but I'd, I'd prefer him to stay and get a full yeah. month, like you said, just training. Non-contact yeah. training, no, don't <laughs> injure them. Just let yeah. them do all his physical work, all his cardio and stuff like that. And no one, don't be slapping, crunching into him.
0: Michael Keane talking about you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's one of the people that I, I think that, like you, I don't want him to go to England. No, I, I like players going for England because I think it's good for them and I think it makes them better players. Um, I've got no problem with Tarkowski and Cody going if if they got picked because, you know, how durable they are. Like they'll just play a tournament and carry on playing. Like they haven't even missed any games. Like no, I'm
1: I'm in the exact same boat as you, John. I don't mind yeah. It's obviously Pifford's going. I think yeah. Cody will go because he has been picked in the last few squads, whether he plays or not.
0: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Lewin, it's a bit different. You feel like you want to want to just wrap him up in cotton wool or whatever it is. If, you,
1: if he didn't get that injury. And he was fully fit, and he'd scored five or six goals by now, or something like that. Yeah. I'd say to let it go, let's mm. go. But I'd rather keep him, keep him yeah. at Finch Farm, as you say, wrap him in wool wrap, and have him ready for Boxing <laughs> Day.
0: Yep, definitely. Um, Lee, I'll I'll ask you first actually before I go to Dave on this one. Do you think Calvert Lewin benefited from the four-two-three-one, or do you think he benefited more from the four-four-two that we played later on in the
1: game? Yeah, I don't know, because you look at it last week we played 4-2-3-1 and he was unbelievable. Yeah. So and it, it we, we tried 4-2-3-1 and then went to a 4-4-2. Four, four, and I didn't see much of a difference. I mean, I think if you're playing that for the full 90 minutes, I think he would benefit having someone next to him. Mm. Because if you remember when when Ferguson took over for them three or four games, he yep. switched to four four two. Yeah. and he had with and Calvert-Lewin just hit the ground running under him. Yeah. So I do think it is something that he could look at but I don't think it's going to benefit him if you're only doing it for ten, the last 10 minutes of a game.
0: Yeah.
1: I just yeah. don't see the... I mean, obviously, you're going for it so I understand why he's done it mm. but I think it's something that if you're going to do it, do it at half-time or start the match with that formation.
0: Yeah. Dave, what about you, mate? Do, do you think it could be a case of playing different formations from when we're away from home? Because at Goodison, you can play whatever you like. We're always going to be in the ascendancy um, because it's Goodison. But away from home, he's going to be so isolated, isn't he? So is it a case of playing two up top just so he gets that bit of extra help?
2: Yeah, I think it's an interesting discussion just because from what I've seen in our press, it's a Woby does go to press high. So someone says his best defensive shape is always a four-four-two. Yeah. Um. Obviously, you know, when we're defending within our own half, it's a different story. But when we do go and press, it seems as though we will be joined them in that forward line. Mm. Um. Most of the time, at least. I think – I mean, I think about Calvert-Lewin's best performances in an Everton shirt, and i try and – I don't necessarily want to say dismiss under Ancelotti, but you think about him against Chelsea under Duncan Ferguson – yeah, played in a front two. Mm. You think about him with Rooney under Kuman when he went away to the Etihad, and that was probably his coming of age match. You know, yeah. um, he just ran company off.
0: ragged that game as well. Yeah,
2: he did. Yeah. He did. So I think that's something to keep in mind that you know he he, he looks good when he has a player playing off him
3: mm.
0: because he
2: can create that space for him. He, he can keep that center half busy and occupied. Yeah, whether it's a front two, that's a different discussion because. I think he could play a four, two, three, one and just encourage Wobey to continually play off him because I do think the two of them link up quite well together. Yeah. Um, seems as though they do have good relationship both on the pitch and off the pitch. Mm-hmm. So I liked the four four two, by the way. I know I said this yesterday, but I liked Lampard kind of showing a bit of impotence to go for it. Like it's yeah. like, you know, it's Fulham away. What's mm-hmm. the difference this early in the season between a pointer or, or or none? Um so yeah. But yeah, it's definitely food for thought in terms of him playing in a front two, or or at least with a split striker playing underneath him.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Lee, talk to me about uh, the subs, mate. James Garner, McNeil. We spoke about Patterson already, and Mopai as well. What did you think of those guys when they came on?
1: Yeah, uh, I don't think McNeil and Mopai, did much. But Garner looked very good again. Yeah, and. I think if one of them midfield, well, one of them midfield three, two, whatever the formation it is, I think if they have a run run of games where they're not on it, he's going to mm-hmm. come in. Yeah, I think he's ready. I just think because, you know, we're not getting trounced are we? None of them are playing really badly. Yeah. So I think, but I think if one of them was to drop form, then he'd be straight in there. And I don't mm-hmm. think Lamp, well Lampard's already said, hasn't he? He is ready. Yeah. So I think it's just a case of find, either finding the right game for them, which could be the Bournemouth League Cup match.
3: Yeah,
1: but he's obviously an injury or a lack, a loss of form from one of them midfielders.
3: Mm.
1: But I, I can't see him coming in the way they're playing right now, because as yeah. I say, they're not playing, they're not playing terribly,
3: mm. and
1: they're not, we're not getting beat. So you don't really change the side too much. But I think sooner or later he will be in there. I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. What about you, Dave, with the Garner McNeil and Mugbe?
1: Yeah,
2: I'd, I'd highly consider... I think they halted. okay. I think Garner was pretty good when he came on though yesterday against Fulham. Yeah. I'd highly consider bringing in Garner um, at the mm-hmm. weekend against Leicester and kind of just giving him a run out for 60 minutes, 70 minutes and seeing how he gets on. Just mm-hmm. because I know Leicester are picking up a bit of form and I think that could be a tough midfield battle. Yeah. And I almost am, am eager to see what he makes of that against the likes of Tealutmans and the likes of Madison. Yeah. I can kind of gauge. And obviously I don't want to sacrifice points for it. If mm. He's playing poor. Hook him at halftime. I know that might not do the world of confidence for him, but yeah, yeah, I'd be looking to get him in these next two matches possibly. Um, I definitely really, consider him. I'd probably go for gay, to be honest with you. Yeah, I would if you were going to make that change. I'm sitting on the fence a bit in terms of Leicester at home and in in the league, but mm. I would definitely bring him in for that League Cup game and have a good solid look at him and see how he gets on. Um, I personally don't think he's a six, but I think you know if you play Bournemouth away in the League Cup, maybe it's you bring in Davis and Garner, leave Onana, Ghana, or a Wobi in there to play alongside them too. Yeah, if you're bringing DeCorey in on the side, that's fine. But mm. I'd like to see a bit more of him. I think he looks like a proper box-to-box midfielder. To be honest with you, yeah, making tackles, making forward passes. He, mm. he looks like he can be all around it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Wait, um, oh. Lee McNeil. He had uh, roughly 15 minutes, and he only had seven touches and. Didn't didn't create anything, didn't win any duels, any ground duels, didn't recover the ball, didn't really do anything. McNeil. Um, what do you think about him, Lee? Like?
1: Yeah, I don't think it was a, I think it was one of them where he just didn't just didn't get up to speed with the game. Mm. But I I personally would be starting them against Leicester. Yeah. But it's a bit it's a bit more tactical just for the fact that if you're playing Calvert-Lewin, Leicester were the second-worst team from defence and set-pieces. And yeah. I think they near the top this year already. So, um, you want someone who can consistently put the ball in the right area. Mm. And he is the best crosser of the ball at the club. Yeah. So... And I
2: think
1: uh, it's better than
0: Demari Gray for crossing.
1: Yeah, I think he is, yeah. I think he's more consistent. I think Gray can put in a really good ball, as we've seen with... The goal against Southampton,
0: yeah, with
1: the equalizer, Cody's equalizer. But I think consistently McNeil's slightly better. But yeah, I just just think the way they're fragile defensively, some set pieces, and it also you can also then bring one of Gordon or Gray on and attack their fullbacks after an hour. Yeah. I've shifted they have shipped a lot of goals this season left and I know that they time to pick up a bit of form. Mm. But I just I just make that them two changes. I'd bring Patterson back in and I'd bring McNeil in. But I don't know who I'd bring him in for. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't be I I wouldn't be fussed if it was Gray or Gordon. Mm. But,
0: yeah. Dave, what about you with uh, McNeil and as Lee touched on there, Leicester have conceded twenty five goals this season, but you've also scored twenty one as well. Um, do you think McNeil's a show? Because he is—he isn't—he isn't bad defensively. Like he's quite good, and you know, going forward, he, he might be able to hit something with Calvert Lewin. Would you would you start McNeil?
2: Yeah, I'd almost—I'd be tempted just thinking through it right now. I'd be tempted to bring him in and play him off the right. Yeah, man, Patterson. Um, kind of freshen up that right side, bring those two boys back in. Because yep. I know a lot of people say he he looks awkward when he plays off the right and comes inside on his left foot. But at the same time, if he's got Patterson overlapping him, it almost allows him to kind of play a little bit more in fields. And I think that he could give Patterson the, the support he would need defensively in comparison to, to Gordon or Gray. Yep. Um, I'd be really tempted to bring him back in. Uh, and also, I mean, I wouldn't mind if they played him off the left too and just said –
0: spread the pitch, get the ball on and Dominic Calvert lewin said, "Yep, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Lee, um, I think it's worth mentioning the referee as well and how abysmal he was again. Um, a lot of people are saying that that's just the standard in the league at the moment. It is really poor, but at the same time you can't help that there's something going on against Everton. Um, that one, that Mitrovic on the Gray yesterday was a straight red for me. And then you look at some of the other tackles previously, you know, Van Dyke on Onana, that's another straight red. Um, I think it was uh, Longstaff on Gordon last season against Newcastle, straight red. You know, uh, IU on Gordon last season, straight red. And then you look at the Allan tackle on St Maximum, which you got you got a red card for. But do you think, um, I, I personally, I, I think it's down to the shirt. I think he, he sees Everton and you just don't even bother. Um, what do you think on it?
1: I think there's a little bit of that, but I'll just take it away from like Everton, so it doesn't sound like it's too biased. Mm. Um, Emerson Royal got sent off in the North North London derby. Yeah, that that tackle yesterday was nowhere near as bad yeah. as the tackle that Mitrovic done. So mm. it's just inconsistent, like incon so inconsistent. I mean, wasn't yeah. I think even 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 Graham Sooness said on Sky. Now, if you've got someone like him saying he's a lucky boy, yeah, you know you've done something wrong there because he was known as one of the hardest tacklers in the game.
0: Yeah. So, Definitely.
1: no, but my view on... I mean, technology, this technology was brought in to help referees, mm. and it's done the opposite. What it's done is it's exposed them for how poor they are. Yeah. They are, uh, The well... If you actually look at the last two major tournaments, I think we've got two going to this World Cup, mm. which is Michael Oliver and Anthony Taylor. Um, Taylor went to the Euros because obviously he was the referee. Went Ericsson had his cardiac arrest. Yeah, but no one went. No one went to the World Cup in Russia.
3: Mm.
1: So we've literally had well, at the last three major tournaments, we've only got two referees going.
0: Yeah.
1: That. That, that, but we've got the best product in the world, the best league, the best, some of the best players, the best managers. But yet, the referee is just miles behind everything else in this country. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. it's abysmal. Um, Dave, I think you, you said it was uh, a more of an orange one, wasn't it, than a, than a red? Have you had a chance to watch yeah. your back and do you feel different?
2: I have, I do feel different. That kind of. Was thinking about it while I was chatting through it with Graham and Andrew yesterday, and I did come back on my words and say that it was a red card, in my opinion. Yeah, just if you look at that as, and I'll look at it individually and then obviously collectively, but individually, it's that's such an unnatural action. I don't know mm-hmm. what he's trying to do there if he's trying to get the ball on his studs and then turn out, but yeah, it's almost as if, well, what's the standard? You know what I mean? Because Lee, you mentioned it in terms of Emerson getting sent off in the North London Derby, well, if if a tackle like that, where you're driving your studs into a player's ankle like Mm. that, you could break his ankle. So, how is that not ruled as excessive force or dangerous play, which are warranting a a sending off? Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's that's a red all day long. And then just collectively, it's, I don't know, I think the standard of refereeing is just in the gutter at this moment in time. And I think yeah, you point to VAR as probably the reason why, possibly. Mm. It, you would say more than likely it is just because I think that now there's almost a reliance on it. But mm. that with that same thing, of that reliance, is you have a preconception now going into the people in the VAR room who are like, let me back this ref up. You called it a yellow card. Okay, we're going to stick yep. by a yellow card. But mind you, I mean, even some of that VA, those VAR choices yesterday were mad. Like, how can you review? and and not to big up fulham or anything like that but how can you review that coleman challenge on William and think that's not that's not a penalty i don't know i mean for me i thought so but yeah especially when you review that mitrovich on gay that that looks clear as day to me that that's a red card when i see it back and yeah it's just generally speaking i don't know i don't know what what the issue is but to mm. me, all signs point to VAR and in this reliance on it of
0: it. Yeah, definitely. Lee, would you? Um, it's a weird one. Yeah. Would you would you accept the fact that you know Fulham of would have had a penalty if they sent one of their players off? Would you? You know.
1: Oh yeah, that's but that's yeah. that's the whole point about it. It's, it's inconsistent. Mm. It's it's so inconsistent, and you see loads of people, even like pundits and journalists, saying. Like, VAR's got to go. VAR is not a problem. VAR is just a screen. It's the man controlling the screen, which is the Premier League referee. Yeah. You know, you've just had is it John Moss and Mike Riley have retired and they're in charge of it? How many times do they make mistakes? And then, you know, you make mistakes all the time. That's fair enough.
3: Mm.
1: But when you've got the technology there, they're still making the same mistakes.
3: Mm.
1: And it's like... I know they brushed up on the offside this year, and the handball rule's a bit. It's a bit of a grey area. Yeah. Tackles like that. I mean, tackles like that. Yeah, 30 years ago, you get away with that.
3: Mm.
1: And that's what Graham Stunna said. He said in today's game, that's a red card. And I just don't know. Well, it's it's happened since VAR. Look at Michael Keane against Brighton. The first year that came in, he give did he he actually fouled Mopi.
0: Mm.
1: But But well, it wasn't a foul.
0: And yeah, the, he just clipped the back he, of him on his heel a little bit.
1: Well, I think if you actually look at it, we've had more apologies of the PGM, PGMLO than any other club in the Premier League since it came in. Yeah. Because obviously apologies. the handball, it's just, it's just a farce. I think they need to really invest in grassroots refereeing. And it will yeah. take time, obviously. It'll take 10 years, possibly. Yeah. But yeah. I think that's the only way forward now. Unless you're willing to go and get the best referees from Spain, Italy, Germany, France, and bring them over for a year or two or something like that, yeah, but something's got to give because this just can't carry on the way it's going. It's absolutely yeah. shocking.
0: No, it is, mate. It's ballsy. It, do
1: you know what? It's not. It's not just an Everton thing. It's every club. Every well, they were even showing two years ago on Sky. They used to show a table of how the league would look if you weren't affected by VAR. Yeah. That that that, that can't be right. Surely you no. can't be mm. showing how many times they've made mistakes even though they've got all the technology in the world now.
0: Shocking, yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, it's just like,
1: it's too common now. It's mm. what I mentioned on yesterday's pod, you know,
2: it's like, it used to be, maybe even the past couple of seasons, used to be one or two incidents a weekend, but now you're genuinely seeing one or two incidents a match. Yeah, a match
3: which mm.
2: like that's just unacceptable at any standard at any level of footy it's just unacceptable to to have that kind of referee and so mm. yeah they need to explore it internally in terms of what's going on why is this happening and maybe it's a listen you only bring VAR AR in for offside decisions or something of the sort like that mm. but I don't know i there's so many discussions we had on it, but I think it's yes. it's a common agreement that it's just poor in general, the mm. state of refereeing at the moment.
0: Yeah, I mean, so, sometimes I just don't even think they bother with the VAR and everything else because those two situations yesterday, um, those two incidents where, you know, the tackle on Gay, you don't even need cameras for that. if If the referee... And it's something that Graham spoke about yesterday. If the referee is left to do his job himself and he's got the responsibility of making the decision, he'll probably get that right because he knows it's on his back. But he's got the you know, the benefits of just being like, well, VAR will check it, whatever. And it shouldn't <laughs> be the case. The so same with the penalty. Like The penalty, you don't need cameras to see that that's a penalty. You can check it by all means, but I just don't even think to bother checking it either. It's just... <sighs> It's pathetic. It really is. Um, they need to get some transparency like they do in the Australian League. Um, not that that'll ever happen because you know they're not
3: going to tell
0: us well, what we've they actually, say.
1: Like we've actually got one of the referees from the Australian League, haven't we? Yeah. Hmm. Um, and I've watched a few of his clips on YouTube because obviously they, the fans are able, are able to hear what they what they're saying. And yeah. I think that I really, I think that will be the next stage, but. I'm sure it's something that they can't bring it in until next year. You no, know, because it, the league's already started. Yeah. So, Are you I talking mean, I, about where they mic referees up? Yeah. And you can edit it on the TV and stuff like that. Hmm.
2: Imagine that. Imagine fucking Anthony Taylor just saying, nah, no penalty there. Yeah. It's Everton. Yeah. It
1: <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me, yeah. Wouldn't surprise <laughs> me, won't be. No, but, <laughs> that's a big problem as well. There's no accountability for them
0: no it's true and even if you do speak up about it you just get fined what's the point what is the point pathetic um
2: bad little dictators then
0: yeah definitely north korea if the football will um yeah Yeah, i mean that's pretty much it like for the for the players who played yesterday um please anything else you want to touch on about the the Performance yesterday, like, and some of the subs that didn't play, maybe Holgate is, is he in for a show to playing at all?
1: See, well, I did say it a few weeks ago. I, I think out of the defenders we've got, you've got Godfrey, Mina, Holgate, and Keane, he's probably going to be the one that'll get back in. But the two lads, the two dads, are just not doing nothing wrong, are they? Yeah, they're just, they're sure, just yeah. bossing it. So, and, it, and you feel sorry for him because he did, he started off. He started off the season really well. Mm. Even though we were conceding loads of chances in that back five. And then obviously it coincided. He got injured. Yeah. Obviously we switched to a back four then. And Mm. we haven't looked back since. So I do feel sorry for him a bit. But it's the nature of the beast, isn't it? We signed these two players for a reason. They were identified as players that we needed to get in. Yeah. Not just just because they're good footballers for the character and the leadership. Hmm. So, I I think he'll play in the League Cup, though. I can see Lampard making a good few changes for that League Cup game, especially because yep. we played them, like, four days later or something, don't we, in the yeah. league.
0: So. Yeah, we do. Yep. Well, yeah,
1: Definitely. I do feel sorry for him because he, he's another one, but since Lampard's come in, to be fair,
0: he yep. hasn't
1: really done much wrong. He's not... Yep. Victim of the Benitez era more than anything, yeah, <laughs> definitely, mate. Um, so am I, aren't we all seeing how great my beard is? That wasn't great <laughs> last <laughs> season, <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, Dave, Yeri Mina apparently is is on his way back pretty soon. Um, he bothered at all,
2: not really. That's good, that he's fit. <laughs> Seven and a half million from Mr. Milan. That'll be nice. <laughs> Keep him fit. Rob him in bubble wrap until January. Mm. You know. I mean he's I did appreciate him as a player, but what you're getting from Cody and Tarkowski is what he offered on an individual mm. basis and now you're getting it out of two players. So yeah. Is what it is. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, definitely, mate. Yep. Well that's it then. Um I don't think there's much more to cover in a nil-nil draw. Like it's a good, it's a good clean sheet away from home, but at the same time, we, you know, disappointed with the lack of chances. I suppose that we created, although Calvin would did What have that one big chance? Um, but anyway, yeah, nil-nil. It is what it is. Move on to the Leicester game next week. So, Dave Lee, thanks for joining me, and uh, we'll see you in the next mm-hmm.
2: one. Thanks, boys.
1: Evan, are we?
0: Now it's time for a quick word about our sponsor Manscaped, big thank you to the guys over at manscaped.com for sending some products for us to check out, Manscaped are the best in the business when it comes to men's below the waist grooming products, I can tell you from my own personal experience, I've used it on my beard actually and I'm blown away by how cool and how good this lawnmower 4.0 is, you really do make precision engineered tools for your family jewels. and. It basically looks like an F117 stealth bomber for your balls, it looks that good and comes with its own little wireless charging stand which looks like something batman would use. So yeah it's pretty sick. The performance package 4.0 has arrived and it's a game changer. Inside you'll find a Lomo 4.0, trimmer, the weed whacker for your ears and nose, crop reserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxes and the travel bag to hold all that good stuff. The ball deodorant, especially guys, is an absolute game changer by the way, you need it, trust me. The Lawnmower 4.0 is the future of grooming and it's waterproof. Their 4th generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 also has a 4000K LED spotlight if you need a more precise shave. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the weed whacking nose and ear, t- and ear trimmer. And the weed bucket is also waterproof and also has Manscaped's skin safe technology as well which helps reduce nicks, snags and tugs in those delicate nose holes. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their performance package 4.0, the Manscaped boxes and travel bag. It's time to take care of yourself, so join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. Get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code EAW20 at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped.
3: Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Everton Army podcast. If you like what you've heard, then please share it with your blue friends and family. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really does help us out as we build this thing up. You can always catch us on Twitter by searching for at E-A-W podcast. And if you have anything else you'd like to discuss, you can reach us via email at EAW at gmail.com.